Hello and welcome to the Stubscast, the Stubscast, the content creator hub podcast where I speak to gaming content creators and podcasters about their journey into content creation and gaming. It's all about sharing tips and tricks. Uh, could you please check out www.bg4gHub.com? It's a cool new gaming website. This week, I welcome the co-founder and host and producer of the amazing Four Guys with Quarters podcast, Italian clowns, a force to be reckoned with, a very positive force, which extends to being a regular panel member of Primetime Gaming and Daily Bites with Flamish, and also, I believe, a Sea of Thieves affiliate on Twitch. How are you? How are you doing, clowns? Did I get most of that right? Or? Yeah, you uh, you did. You got you got it all right. That's all right. Then. How you doing then? Pretty good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me on your show, man. Oh, that's, that's that's good. I'm just glad you, glad you accepted the invite. Yeah, anytime, man. You're a po- you're a podcast veteran. I don't think I don't think there's a podcast you haven't been on yet. Is there? You've been on you've been uh, on RD- you've been on RDX. No, I never been on oh. RDX, but I, I, I maybe it's because I never asked Dealer, or Dealer never asked me. But we're friends. Ah, that's all right, and that's that's probably. Yeah, no, you you've been on most of them. I think you've been on all of Boom shows. I think. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because even I've been sub for people at some point when they couldn't show up on certain ones. Yep. Oh, that's that's good then. Welcome Fastback. Let's go through that series here. Welcome UK Dazverse. Welcome Warwick. And that's it in a minute. Welcome Original Original. Ugh, messed that up. Welcome Original Next Level Gaming. I'm gonna presume that's Mike Mullers. I'm gonna welcome. So, have you been doing much gaming recently? Now I know you played the Avengers, so don't spoil it for me. I've not completed it yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I've been playing. I've been playing the Avengers. Um, yeah. I love it, Stubbs. I won't spoil it for you. I don't I don't want to jinx you and you stub your toe on something else. But yeah, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you this. I really like it. As a Marvel fan, I like the writing. I like the detail in the characters, uh, the way they look, the world environments, the linear areas the semi-open world areas the qte moments i mean it, it, it's fantastic for me the only thing they need to fix is a little bit of their faces it doesn't ring true to like the comic book form for me but you know it is what it is and overall it's still a pretty fun game other than that um i was playing call of duty for a bit uh some fall guys and last night i hopped in the ash and lucas party she invited me and I played some uh, Rogue Company with Slow Mo, Backslap, uh, Game and Forte, and Super Villain. Oh, that's cool then. That is one game I want to play though. It's Fall Guys, but sadly it's not on the Xbox yet. I hear, I hear January it's coming, but I don't know if that's true. But hopefully sooner. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope Fall Guys makes its way to the Xbox. I think it's a fantastic game and. You know, it's a, it's a real community-style kind of game that you can play with your friends and just laugh and have fun. And uh, it's not serious, you know. You just have a lot of laughs at each other. Oh, you fell off. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Well, it's, it's a bit of fun as well. And I think it took the gaming world by storm because I don't think most people thought it was going to get the traction it actually got, really. Because I, 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 I didn't think that, you know. 
Yeah, it's the most successful uh, PlayStation Plus game to date, and that says something. Mediatonic is not like you know some major studio out there making triple uh, A's all day long. I mean, they're a smaller studio with a lot of good people there, and they happened to hit something that was very successful. So, kudos to them and congratulations. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they keep it up and expand it to more and more platforms, and it grows like. You know, it's it's one of them success stories, really, when you think about it. Absolutely, it is. But now the, uh, the 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 funny thing is about the Avengers is I haven't actually seen any of the movies, right? And I and I and I played the beta. I got I got hold of a beta code, let's say, for the the Avengers. And I played the store campaign bit, but I didn't. But I didn't complete the whole of the campaign. On the back, the, the whole of the bit they give you to play on the campaign. I really liked it. So, um, I got the Avengers, but I haven't seen all the movies you see. The last one, I, last Marvel movie I watched was when I was a kid, and I think it was the first Captain America movie. I think okay, but now I'm playing it. I'm thinking because I've got we've got Disney Plus, I'm thinking about going through some of the films and watching them right because it's, it's quite interesting. So, I do so all the lore and that, if there's any in the game, I. I won't get it. I mean, it's the characters are definitely in the movies for sure. Um, but the movies are more about the infinity gauntlet, um, rather than this, which is more like a comic book story. But I mean, the characters are definitely in both. So movies and comics and the movies will help you be more familiar with them for sure. Yeah, definitely. I have to definitely have to check that out. Welcome, uh, midway monster. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome the indie gamer as well. Thanks for stopping by. So, what's your what's your gaming history then? I, I presume it was when you when you were a little kid. I'm presuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was three years old. Wow, you remember that far back? I can't. I do. Yeah, we. I have. I have a picture somewhere in my garage of it. But I was three years old, and in my dad's pizza place, um, he used to get arcade machines, and he had Pac Man. So Pac-Man came in, came out in 1982, so it gives you an idea uh, what year I was born. And what he did was he pulled up a wooden chair, and he let me stand on it, gave me a quarter, and said, here you go, this is my favorite game. Um, and ever since then, that's all I wanted to do was play video games. I, I loved it so much that every time I went back to the pizza place, all I wanted to do was play video games. And even as I got older, to be honest with these stubs, uh, even when I was like, you know, uh, adolescent, like, you know, nine, 10 years old, my dad would still get arcade games in because he was friends with an arcade distributor. So he got like the Simpsons and TMNT, Marvel vs. Capcom. He got all those games in his, his restaurants. And I would just sit there, instead of learning the business, which I should have did, I just sat there <laughs> and play video games. Wow. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, cash me out. Whoever was working the cash register, cash me out. I need some more quarters. I, I got to finish this game. I'm not done yet. And they're like, oh, didn't you beat it last week with Bart Simpson? I was like, yeah, but now it's time to beat it with March. So, oh, yeah. And then uh, at home, man, I grew up with the ColecoVision. Didn't want to do Atari 2600. I had the Sears knockoff version, but it still worked the same. Um, we had a Space Invaders cabinet um, on our porch. And then in our basement, we had three pinball tables and one of those old metal, like, I, I don't know what they call them. It's like a puck, but it's almost like uh, you got knocked a bowling pins down. Uh, Stinger probably knows that. 
I had we had one of those, and we had a foosball table. Um, so loved everything at home. After twenty six hundred, I went on to the NES, then the Super NES, Sega Genesis, had Turbo Graphics, nice, um, Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, uh, Jaguar. Um, I didn't have the Lynx. I wanted the Atari Lynx, but never got it. And I never had the Sega Master System. I wanted that. And I never got the Neo Geo, and I really wanted that. So I was very disappointed I never got the Neo Geo. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the rest is history. I had every single console iteration since then, uh, with the exception of those three that I mentioned. I even had the Odyssey, which was surprising. My neighbor gave it to me because he was just throwing it out. Wow. I mean, did you, like... I mean, I know most, but did you keep all your systems or did you sell them? Um, well, as I got older, um, I wanted the N64 really bad. I don't know why I wanted it. I think for Goldeneye, because I used to play that with my friends after school, and we used to put on the paintball mode and have like a blast with it. And for some reason, in uh, my stupid self, I wanted it so bad. And my mom was like, I'm not buying you another one. You know, you're old enough to work. You should you should work, whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sell all my Nintendo games. <laughs> and I did the dumbest thing in the world, and I took all my NES cartridges to Funko Land before it was GameStop, and I got myself an N64. And I was so happy for about two days, then I realized I would never play that thing. And mind you, when I tell you that I sold all my Nintendo games... Uh, <laughs> Uh, growing up, my dad made sure I never missed a Nintendo release. Like he had the guys in Toys R Us on kind of like a lockdown where they would call him as soon as something new came in, even if it was hard to get. Like if you remember Urban Champion, there wasn't a lot of copies of that when that came out. That was like that street baller uh, game, and then used to throw flower pots out of the apartment buildings on your head. And you had to dodge them. Uh, it was really it, sounds really it nice. Really, it was kind of like a really terrible game, but it was fun for me. And uh, yeah, I even had that and I sold that. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, wow, I was, uh, that was not very smart. No, I mean, most people do it to, to afford the, the new systems because oh, I didn't keep any of mine. And I kind of I kind of wish I did. Because I, I, I was a big fan of the, um, I remember the Sega Mega, well, you called it the, the Sega Genesis, but here it was, it's called the Sega Mega Drive. Yep. I remember Sonic. Well, my, my favorite game on there was Sonic. Were you a big Sonic fan? Yeah, I love Sonic. Um, I actually, my favorite version of Sonic was on the Game Gear, even though it was pretty much the same thing. I just like playing as Tails. Um, I used to take that everywhere with me. So, what would you say out of all the systems you've ever had? Or let's just say, all right, let's just say retro. What would you say your favorite one out of them all was? Um, I would have to say Super Nintendo. Any Pacific one or just, just all of them in general? Um, two games come to mind when I think of Super Nintendo. Um, it is Super Mario World. That game made me fall in love with it. I first played that at a Burger King. They had a stand-up Super Nintendo arcade cabinet. Um, four weeks before launch, and I tried to ask my dad to buy the cabinet off the owner of that chain of Burger King, and he would not do it, and I was very disappointed. And uh, Super Mario Kart. 
Not nice picks, though they are. Very nice picks they are. Uh, welcome to some new new people in the chat. Welcome, Lady AF. You did a great job on Gaming Beyond the Box the, uh, last Thursday, I think it was, or Wednesday. I watched that. And welcome, Xbox News Today. Thanks for stopping by. So how did you how did you how did it all transpire into getting into the podcast uh, content creator field? How do you why did you want to start doing it then? Well, um, when the Xbox One came out and it had like that, con- you know that uh, connect that nobody liked. Um, oh, yeah. my, daughter, yeah. <laughs> my daughter was a little younger and she loved the upload studio on that. So she would make these really ridiculous videos on there. And um, I remember I got Rise, Son of Rome. And I at the time, I didn't really like the game. But my daughter loved the game. So she went on the Connect and made an upload studio video where she's like, my dad got this at Toys R Us during the Christmas sale. And he really loves this game. And he loves it so much. It's so good. It, graphics are great. Great price. Like, you know, she made me crack up with her video because she was very serious at the time. Yeah. And it was just like kind of <laughs> cute watching that. Um, so then me and her kind of did like these split videos where she would, uh, you know, she would make up her own character and she would come up with some silly sayings. And I would take one of her favorite like puppets and act like like a puppet monster. Um, and saying that I would eat the game. And we did that for a while. And she enjoyed doing it with me, and I enjoyed it. And then PBZ came out, and I started watching this guy's stream that was playing Plants vs. Zombies, uh, Garden Warfare, and I loved it. So in the stream I met at the time, I had met Inferno and Assassin, and Inferno said, hey, um, if you guys ever hear this thing called podcast, it's something that you know, I would be interested in doing if you guys want to do it. Maybe we could talk about video games. And then from then on there, um, we all got together and he was like, come up with a name. I came up with four guys with quarters. Um, he came up with the layout, the original layout, like the green and the gray boxes. And um, we all decided that OBS would be the best option. And he became a master at it. Because we wow. were looking at other options too at the time, like you know what else there was. But he was, okay. um, when I mentioned open broadcaster software, he was like, okay. He went and he learned everything almost like less than two days and became a master at it. He was one of the first. He even taught Graphic God OBS. Oh, and did from, he? That's interesting. Oh. Yeah. So from there, we, we just had that show and kind of took off. I started meeting people in the community. I'd gotten Tim Dog on, Randall Thor. Nice. Uh, got, and then I uh, I got on Crossfire, and then I started doing a lot of other podcasts. I went on um, She Wolf's and GKBs at the time, Console Corner, okay. um, and then you know eventually we got so big in our early days after we had the Frag Dolls on from Ubisoft that we had Steve Downs on. That we started getting like um, Stein. We had Steinkin on. We had a lot of different devs on, oh, nice. and then. I think, you know, at some point uh, in 2019, Inferno was kind of burnt down on podcasting. Uh, um, he had his real life going on, work and stuff, and he took a step back, and that's when I took over, and I started doing 
production. I changed the format. Jay uh, Dubs helped me with the the new layout that we have. Um, I gave him an idea and I showed him my example, but his example is a little a lot better because I could just click something and it would automate. Whereas mine, I'd have to click it, open a separate window to do the same thing that he was able to automate. So it was kind of cool. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I ended up, man. That's good to hear. I mean, would, would has Inferno ever considered coming back for a couple of shows, or is he not interested at all? Was he just too busy? Um, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Um, it's uh hard to say. Um, I I haven't really talked to him. I would say uh, as well as I used to. Oh, fair enough. I mean, that's it. Just life happens, doesn't it? They say, you know. Yeah, because I seen him one day. Followed me on Twitter, and I was like, "What four guys are quarters?" And I know, I'd never, I never heard of him. So I looked it up, and he, he was. He actually says that he used to be a member. He used to run the podcast. He did because I, I messaged him, cause, and he's quite a nice guy. Really, he is. Yep. Um, so you've got a four guys record a website. What what made you come up with a website? And do you, you seem to have a, a passion for writing articles recently? And you, you need yeah. to re- you need to really push that website out a bit more so more people can see it. You do. I agree. I I see. It's always been me just writing the articles though. Um, oh, okay. So it's like a one-man show on that website. Um, and I started that back in 2015, the website, I want to say. Um, and the reason why I started it, because at the time, a lot of developers and publishers would only give review codes to people who had websites. Oh, um, okay, okay. So, you know, um, YouTube influencers weren't as big back then, unless you already had a channel that was successful. Uh, so that's what kind of made us do it. Um, but I'm the only one that ever really wrote articles on there. So then I got us on Open Critic. Um, we got on N4G and a couple other places as well. That's that's pretty that's pretty good. That is, you never that is um, yeah to get accredited. It's very 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 hard, and you've done really well to do that. Yeah, I worked really hard making contacts in the industry early on, on trying to, you know, be po- as positive as I can be. Um, and, you know, sometimes in that industry, when you try to reach out to publishers, developers, sometimes it can be a bit tough because sometimes, you know, you'll get replies and they'll think that you're just like every other person that just wants free stuff and they it's might true. not be so kind all the time. They might be like, oh, you don't have the numbers. Um, you know, they might flat out tell you things like that. But I persisted and I just stayed positive no matter how many times we got denied. Um, and I just kept going. You know, uh, Microsoft gave us a chance with some reviews and I always appreciated that. We had stuff from Sony Santa Monica that came through as well. So I always appreciated that. So, yeah, it was just a matter of keeping in touch with people, being positive. Um, telling them what you can do, you know, instead of saying, oh, I can't do that. Just tell them what you can do. And I would tell them that I can talk about it on our podcast and I can talk, you know, I could write about it and make a review and that's all it took. No, it's definitely good to hear because um, 
I read something a while back. Um, it was more on a lot of the indie devs. Uh, you know, Keymailer, a website, and there was a thing about some of the devs weren't giving out as many codes because they were tracking the codes and some people were actually using the codes and not actually, they weren't actually getting a review out of it. But there's a lot of that that goes on, there is. Yeah. I can see why they get arsy when they think, though, are they actually going to do a review if they're given one? You know, I can't, I can't see why. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that does happen a lot. And, you know, sometimes, too, I think the hardest thing with doing reviews is that if you take on more than you can actually do, um, it gets a bit difficult. So you got to, like, kind of, like, do time management. You know, how long is it going to take you to do this game? How many hours can you put into it? Um, this week instead of doing other things and all that's important when you're the only one that's primarily doing the reviews and which I was pretty much uh, for four guys um, so I just had to be very careful on what I undertook oh definitely because I've, I've I actually do some reviews for um, BG4G Hub and I know it's like um you just got to make sure you know you can do the review or sometimes you can, if you don't get it finished in time, you can get away with turning it into a first impressions instead. And they don't, they don't mind because you yeah. don't give it, you don't give it a score then either, do you? You know, but I'm getting this a learning process reviewing. It's not as, it's everyone thinks it's easy. And once you, if you have to write it out, it's not as easy as it, as it actually sounds. Really? No, it's no. not. Because <laughs> once you get past the fourth paragraph, it's kind of hard to keep writing. So oh, when you look at when you look at guys like Jez Gordon from Windows Central or somebody in IGN that does maybe like eight paragraphs long, you got to appreciate that because it's it's not easy to write that much. You know how you can keep going and talking more about different things and relate it to different mechanics. I mean, it gets difficult at some point, and at four paragraphs, that's usually my limit. Um, so I try to space it out, put some pictures in, uh, and then type like an end synopsis to make it look like, you know, five paragraphs. And that's for me, that's kind of like my limit. I really can't go past five paragraphs for some reason. And I'm always upfront about that too. Like, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, Hey, this is what I can do. And you know, they appreciate it. So that's all that matters. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I, when I, when I do reviews or impressions, I don't, I, I'm like you. I can't go that long, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to bore people at the same time either, because I know people like to read reviews, but you don't want to like a lot of people like to read something quickly, don't they? They don't want to sit there and have, you know, read about five, six, seven pages worth. You know, that's oh, my that, opinion. Anyway, you know. Yeah, once you get past like a page where it's it's going way too far. Yeah, exactly. I mean. It's because although everyone watches YouTube and everyone thinks, oh, the best way is YouTube. A lot on a lot on a lot of the websites, the statistics are that people do actually still read content and reviews. They do. So a lot of people think, yeah. oh, it's all about video, and it is. But the numbers are still quite good for people actually reading, uh, like gaming reviews, etc. It is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Welcome, VJ. Welcome in Invader Gaming and welcome, Dreadpool. Sorry I missed you coming in, mate. I think I'm, yeah. So, what's your gaming rig and what do you use for your content and streaming? Because you're, you're a streamer, aren't you, as well? 
Yeah, I do try to stream from time to time. Um, so for my computer, it's not something that's like uh, epic. Uh, I have a i5-8400. It's like a Dell Inspiron 5680 that was pre-built, but I added 40 gigs of RAM into it. I'm probably going to upgrade it to an i9 and then upgrade the graphics card eventually in there because it's got a very low end at this point in time, 1063 gigabyte um gtx in there so it's not as you know it's not really good anymore um but it's good enough to stream in 1080p 720p and it's good enough for obs and i can't complain there i got an internal elgato capture card that actually won from one of the invaders old friends um i think her name was zoe snow I uh, haven't seen her around anymore, but I actually won her Elgato contest and was very surprised. I couldn't believe it. Like when I got the message, I was like jumping up and down for joy because for that, my capture card was a was a hob hug. And those are those weren't really great for OBS. They had a lot of issues. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. Sounds really good. I'm I'm not a PC guy. So I, I can't I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm not very technical at all. That, that, let's just say that. It sounds very good. It does. It's uh, I would say that it's like a mediocre uh, middle PC these days. Oh, fair enough. And also, sorry, um, I missed you in the chat. Gaming different, differently with cerebral pull. Sorry about that, mate. I missed you. But that sounds very good. What kind of... Because you're into the streaming... Uh, I mean, how did you actually become a, are you a Sea of Thieves partner or have you got some kind of deal with them? Um, I signed up for their like affiliate program, like their I, I don't know if they call it ambassador or affiliate. Um, okay. but basically it's like the entry tier and you you do so many Sea of Thieves things or so many Sea of Thieves streams and you'll earn in game content. If you get up to a certain watch uh, like so many viewers in your chat, you can like become a higher tiered streamer with them. I don't think I'll ever get that far, but I enjoy it the level I'm at, and um, I still get content from them. So it's it's a lot of fun when I do stream Sea of Thieves. That's good to hear. Do you mean uh, have you been have you been streaming have you been streaming long? And is there like special software you have to use to to stream? Do you, you obviously you obviously do it for you. Do you do it for your PC or do you play for your Xbox and stream it for your PC or are you just solely on PC for Sea of Thieves? Um, I actually, I hooked, my desk is a wire mess. Like it's like a wire monster. If you've seen all the wires I have here, I probably have like 60 or 70 wires around. I'm not kidding. It's pretty, it's pretty outrageous, but I have my Xbox. I have my PS4 Pro. I have my switch um i had some legacy consoles as well i have them hooked into a 4k splitter and i have that splitter hooked in um to the elgato capture card and that is how i do it oh and i have a separate monitor just for the consoles i have a uh, 1080p one millisecond response acer monitor definitely that's, that's nice that is that's, at some um, point, at some point, I'd like to upgrade to a 4K monitor, but I think they're still kind of pricey. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. 
I would say so. Um, although everyone's banging on about 4K, I don't think 4K 60 is going to be a new standard. I don't somehow. You know, everyone bangs on that. I mean, I'm one of these people that I, I, I still haven't got a 4K TV, by the way. I will be getting one at some point this year. But it doesn't really bother me about this resolution stuff. I don't know if it bothers you. No, it never really bothered me. I know that it bothers some people out there. Some can people you see least... it. Can you actually see yeah. a big difference? You can. Is it massive, like jaw dropping, or is it just you know a little bit better? For, for me, I got to be honest with you. I I see a difference in the detail, like in the environment, but it's not something that says to me and says, you know, it doesn't scream out clouds. You have to have me in four K. You need me in 4K. Get me in. 4- it doesn't scream that to me, like it does uh, to some people. So I'm okay with 1080p. I'm okay with like you know, um, a little bit more blurry backgrounds or not as um, you know detailed. I'm fine with that. Oh, fair enough. That's, I mean, in, indie game was just saying that the, the 4K monitors ain't uh, that pricey, so it may be worth having a look at at some point, whether it fits your budget or. I think the four. I think the fourteen forty p. Is that two k indie? I think that might be two k. That's like not a. I don't think it's like a full four k. Welcome, Green Pass Gaming. Thanks for stopping by. You done a great show earlier. Tuned in. I did. Very very good. Do you have any ambitions to try and ever be the? Uh, Twitch partner, do you think you ever get to that level where you'll become one? I thought of you know, I thought about it like, what would it be like to be a Twitch partner? But then for me, I gotta be honest with you, um, I think it would be too much of a hassle for me, like, because then I would have to stream a lot more, dedicate a lot more time to streaming instead of podcasting. Now, I love podcasting more. Um, it's a lot more fun for me podcasting, meeting new friends, hanging out with people, like, you know. I got to hang out with the dudes at Game Beyond the Box. All cool people. Uh, love those guys. You know, I've been on the Dazcast. Um, I've been on many other podcasts, but I just love hanging out with people and talking. I think that's more of my passion uh, rather than just streaming uh, and talking to an audience separately. Um, I feel more isolated that way, to be honest with you. I mean, if I had people on party chat, like maybe like four or five people, it would feel a little bit different. But I would still, I, I still feel kind of isolated because I feel like that in that aspect, um, the audience deserves a lot more attention uh, because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, when you become a partner, there's a lot of chat going on and it becomes very demanding. You have to, you know, courtesy wise, you should respond to as many of your fans as possible. And I think that can be quite difficult. Oh, most definitely. Plus the fact that, to be honest, the Twitch, Twitch, Twitch is basically is saturated, isn't it? To be honest, because it started to stand out, you know, to even get a base where, say, you were you were a partner, and I don't even know if the partners make enough to even make a living. I mean, I know if if you if you if you're an injury of the world, yeah, but I don't know if if most of the partners even make a living out of it. Because it's not no. like they don't pay you. It's based off subs, you know. Yeah, and you split the profits with them, and then you might get some ad revenue. And then, see, on top of all that, though, 
you're still you still got to pay your taxes, right? You got to pay your own health care benefits. It's not like you work for an employer that pays eighty percent of your health care. You're paying a hundred percent of your health care that way. So it's a loss. And that's for in England, like me. We don't have to pay for health care. It's free. Well, I guess maybe you know in countries where health care is free. There might be some benefit to it, but then there might be more taxes taken out at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I I would still say you'd have to have a hell of a lot of subs even here to make a living out of it. You know what I mean? Because imagine it's like five ninety nine ten, and I, and I bet they take they probably take uh, whatever off the top, and they probably make like two pound out of each sub. You know, and then once you get paid that, you got to pay tax again. <laughs> so you might end up with a quid each. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I mean, you're seriously correct on that. I, I don't know what the tax bracket's like in countries like yours, but I know that uh, in America alone, um, the healthcare would, would kill American streamers if they weren't like a ninja. Oh, most definitely. Welcome, Mass Mayhem. How are you doing? Thanks for stopping by. But no, yeah, you're right. Um, what What do you plan or think the future your channel your channel will be um i for four guys my dream is to get a lot more shows up and a lot more live streams and a lot more content um that has always been my dream um in the past you know there were some creative differences as far as what we should do how should we stream it um so we stuck to once a week kind of schedule but now that I've taken on the realm and I started producing, I think that I'm going to try to do um, like a, a factual, quick news show. You know, I, I got my idea from um, uh, who is it? Spawn Wave Media, the way he does his like quick news or whatever. I want to do okay. something like that for four guys, but in my own type of creative format, because um, I like to do my own thing. I don't like to necessarily copy. I like to be an innovator. And not a copy. So I want to innovate some type of new looking kind of quick news show, maybe a couple minutes long. So, you know, if you're on your way to work or something like that, you could just listen to it real quick while you're getting ready or eating breakfast or you come home during the day. You could just listen to it super fast and get all the news. We're not having to read pages and pages and pages on a, you know, on a site or listen to like some guy talk for, you know, seven hours on YouTube before yeah. it gets to the main topic yeah i've got the point i mean there is even not not podcasts as such there is even channels where i'm not naming anyone i've just seen it where say there's one subject they won't just do a quick video like five to uh five minutes or so on the subject they will spend they do a live stream where they're like he's just talking about that one thing for the for 45 minutes and i, I yeah. don't you just can't keep up with it, can you? Because there's so many podcasts and so much content, it's hard to keep up with. And as you're right, doing a, free, a few minutes on a subject would be very good. It wasn't. You could get. I think you get more views out of that because it doesn't take as long to consume. So most people could keep up with that. They could. Yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, you know, it's it's different when you got like a panel, maybe like six, seven guys or six, seven people, and you're talking about topics and everybody's got a different opinion. I mean, that's good. 
That's yeah. great when you could do that and bounce off each other and it makes the conversation very interesting for sure. But if you're just like a solo dude making a news video and you're on the same topic for an hour, that is telling me that you just want people to watch your ads. Oh, definitely. Yes. Because, well, if you monetize, if you're not, they won't, you know. But I, I, I see what you mean because there is, I mean, there is some podcasts that ram that many adverts into their podcast, you know, you know, after, you know, on demand. Because I looked into it, and I do know that YouTube puts a couple in, but the actual creator can put in as many as they want. And some of them, I had to turn one podcast off because they were coming on. And I can't even remember what show it was. I don't think it was anyone in our community. I don't know. There's this new podcast, and it kept coming on every bloody four minutes or so. And I thought, after 20 minutes, I gave up. I thought, I'm not listening to this, you know. It's all right having pod, like adverts in a, in a podcast, every you know, but don't overdo it to that point because you people just get fed up, won't they? I'm sorry, Stubbs, my mic cut out. Oh, you're talking. <laughs> I can hear you now. It, right. it, it it cut out for a second. What were you saying? I was basically saying that as you're on about. Uh, if one guy's talking for like 45 minutes and you're basically saying that, saying that, uh, sorry, basically saying that, uh, if someone's talking for 45 minutes and they're monetized, then they just want you to watch their ads. I was saying yep. some, some podcasts, not in our community, but I, I listened to some podcast one day. I don't know who it was a new one, Well, it wasn't new. It was quite big. And, uh, I, on the, on-demand version after it was like four minutes every four minutes there's an advert placed in and i thought i can't deal with that you know what i mean it's going too far isn't it because it, it no. is down to, a lot a lot of them blame youtube but i looked into because i asked dealer one day well it weren't dealer's podcast i just asked him because he knows and he, he, he doesn't put many adverts in rdx after he says oh he stubs it's down to the creator you can pile as many adverts in as you want and he says some people go. He says some people go too far, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, I remember when we first monetized, and I was trying to learn it, and yeah. I turned the ads on, and I took YouTube's recommendation, and then it, I forgot what the option was at the time, but it said something about add ads, so I just clicked that button, and yeah. then I went back to watch the video, and it was like an ad every like five six minutes so i immediately turned that off i'm like oh no that's way too much i don't want that kind of crap on my videos <laughs> you know I, it frustrated me so yeah. it, it, i mean hopefully some of it's by accident out there when some people do it but the ones it that is. do it intentionally there it is, is very there frustrating there is ways of so they know when exactly to place them there is some of them don't know what they're doing that's probably what's happened but some of them clearly do know what they're doing you know yeah yeah i agree with you four guys of quarters is in is uh downloadable in downloadable form isn't it um i'm not sure i don't know if i ever checked that option or if we ever checked it in the past really um, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that you're 
it ha- it just hasn't been updated in, in quite a long time. Oh, on the podcast feeds, yeah, that's and that is my fault. That's where I lack. Um, because I to be honest with you, to get the feeds up there on the RSS feeds, I have a separate uh, hosting provider for RSS, but I have to download the audio from the channel and then upload it to the RSS host. And um, sometimes it can be quite time consuming and then I forget about it. I'm like, oh, crap, I already forgot. And I think the last one on there is the one where Daz was a guest. So everybody keeps hearing Daz. So, I mean, that's good for Daz. I appreciate appreciate Daz doing that one episode. Um, But, yeah, I do have in all seriousness, I do have to update it because we are on many, many different podcast um, feeds that in the beginning, a lot of people couldn't even get onto. Like we were one of the first on Spotify for, yeah, for the hobby podcast. Like we were, we're, we're one of the first on iHeartRadio. We're probably one of the only ones on radio.com. A lot of people aren't on there. Okay. And then we, and of course we're on the other places too, like Breaker, Spreaker, um, Spotify, Google, Apple. And then we actually got approached um, I want to say about maybe a month ago. I can't exactly say who it is. It's under NDNA kind of, but wow. um, but it is a very major platform, uh, rival to Google. That's going to wow. start going to start hosting podcasts, and uh, they have so some made it my way. They could sign a contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. I hope that you know that platform succeeds and takes off. But put it this way. Um, a lot of people rely on that AI voice to tell them things to do, and it's not Google, it's the other one. Oh, right. Now I know you're on the back. Wow. Without saying it, yeah. I kind of get the gist of it, yeah. Oh, there's been a bit of a boom in our in our you know community recently with people actually uh making their podcast available in, in podcast form, there has been. I would think so. Yeah, I think that a lot more hosting providers are seeing the fact that these gaming podcasts are quite popular um, and they're starting to allow more of it on their platforms, I think, which is a good thing. I mean, diversity is great and you never always wanted to listen to, you, you know, you kind of want different opinions, right? You don't always want to get the same advice over and over again. So it's good to listen to different podcasts and get different opinions. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I've actually put the Stubbs cast back up on RSS feeds and it's going through the approval process on quite a few of them. But uh, it's, I mean, you can actually put links in there. If you can put hyperlinks in there, if someone was actually watching on Spotify and then wanted to watch, check out your channel and maybe tune in live, they could, you know. Absolutely. So I think breakfast, I think Boom's put all his shows on podcast now. Gaming Beyond the Box and the Iron Lords, I believe. I could be wrong. I think the Iron Lords were the first. I believe I could. I could. I could be wrong. I think the Iron Lords podcast started off as an actual podcast and not on YouTube. I know it's been around a long time, but I could be wrong on that front. Um, I want to say they started on YouTube, but I could be wrong. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what it was. It probably was on YouTube, but I wasn't into YouTube then. And I used to, used to download their podcast quite a number of years ago. And it, and I didn't realise they had a YouTube. So that's, that's where it probably came from, you know. 
Yeah, but I could see that. I mean, Cognito, Lord Cognito has always been very um, adaptive to technology and very smart in getting the brand out there for Iron Lords podcast, and so is King. So I think that um, between both of them, they probably found uh, massive ways to get their podcast out there, and that's certainly good. Um, I love those guys like brothers, and I was on one of their early, very early episodes where we talked about Toys R Us for almost an hour. Um, and they still they still joke about it today. Wow, it's a very very good shop, and sadly, sadly, it's gone. Yes, uh, we all miss it. We all miss yeah. that game and aisle. Yeah, yeah, it's not even that. It's just the the Christmas adverts, the the the, the music. Yep. You know, yeah, because they changed because because when it was about here, they caused some they caused the right controversy because one year they changed the theme music of the Christmas adverts and people weren't happy and they they changed it back after people, people, you know, there's millions of children. There's millions of toys all under one roof. (laughs) Oh no, I never even knew that. I mean, that might've been a regional thing. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. That's interesting. I see different then in America, then the the, the theme song at Christmas. There's millions. Uh, Where's it it goes? It goes. There's millions of toys all under one roof. Or something like, something like that. It's, it's pretty cool. It is. I don't remember that one, no, so I have to no, look it, it up. Oh, it, it may be a, just a, that might, may have just been the British version. Maybe. You know, I could be wrong. I, I just presumed it was all the same. I did. I wonder, since since they're gone, I wonder if they would get mad at me if I made a TikTok video of me eating beans and toast and singing that song. The it British must, version. Mass Mayhem just put it. With toys in their millions, all under one roof. Yeah, but it sounds much cooler. You got to look it up at some point. It must be regional then, like you say, because that—that's what I remember. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Oh yeah, Indy. I know. I probably just made a fool out of myself trying to sing it. <laughs> oh well, Daz, Daz says he's happy it's gone because he used to spend a fortune in there at Christmas. Yeah, it's not cheap, but we've got we've got a, uh, a place called Smith Smith Toys now. They've kind of they bought some of the Smith they bought some of the old Toys R Uses, and don't get me wrong, there was hundreds of Toys R Uses, and most of them are gone. But Smith Toys bought up a few of them. They're like new big boys now in Britain. They are. They are. Okay. So, yeah, but it's, the problem is a lot of the kids now, even my son now, we. Because there isn't really any big toy shops near us. Um, mostly, when he wants a new toy, he looks on. We look online, but we go to a lot of the car boot sales and we get toy, toys off the car boot sales because you can get some quite good toys on car boot sales. You can. You probably call them. You probably call them flea markets in America. Techno Fabulous taught me that. He did the difference. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do have flea markets. Flea markets are like a open tent kind of thing or open outdoor kind of feel i mean some of them might have like extended buildings that you can walk through and it's just a bunch of different sellers and tables selling stuff yeah that's all right and welcome fun speculation and and welcome samantha thanks for joining if you'd like to drop a subscription i'd be more than grateful if you're new to the show so Imagine you went back 10 or 15 years ago. Would you ever think that 
like Xbox and the gaming world as it is now, would you ever think it would all be about download? So we're in 2020. That Say the Xbox be... 360 era-ish, you know. See, during the 360 era, I saw it going that way. I did see that digital downloads would become a, a major player because of the way games on demand was. And I remember when I started, I bought a few games on demand and it was so much easier to load them instead of having to get up and, you know, go get a disc and put it in. And then sometimes like the disc wouldn't be read. So I preferred the games on demand method. Always the only okay. issue I the only issue I had in the 360 era was that it wasn't fast enough for it to be mainstream, which I think this generation has conquered. That is fast enough now to be mainstream. Next generation is going to conquer the streaming services to be mainstream. So I think it's all like steps in gaming. Um, if we go back before the 360 era, if we're looking at like maybe um, GameCube and we're looking at... Um, little before that maybe dreamcast i would have never thought at that point in time that we would have ever gone the route of uh downloading stuff and i would never ever thought that gaming consoles would have closer to pc specs um because i remember my gaming pcs my little apple computers that i got as a kid that put floppy disks in a mickey mouse and it just it wasn't fun you know for me i didn't like hitting that keyboard and making sounds to play games as a kid always want to go on the console. Oh, most definitely. I mean, yeah, if, if you go back, if you go back to Dreamcast, I never would have said download, but I do remember the Dreamcast because I remember, I remember playing with my, my grand uncle's house and on the Dreamcast and we thought it was amazing that we could play tennis or Doom, I think it was, against the people in America. We, we thought it was absolutely incredible. No, it was Quake, I think. I couldn't get over it, you know. That was definitely a good, definitely a good system then. But if you go that far back, no, I would never would have seen download coming. It was all about physical media, you know, like discs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I thought was interesting back then, and I'm not supporting, don't take this the wrong way. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you, you know, don't talk about downloading. No, 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 no. I'm talking about homebrew. And I remember that the Dreamcast accidentally kind of supported homebrew on CDRs at the time. And people would download different things and play them on the Dreamcast, which was really cool. Um, from, and it gave me the idea, oh, maybe one day we can go to a kiosk and order a game and have it printed on a disc and we could play it. I used to think that back then, but I would never thought, you know, hooking an Ethernet cable and, you know, just go. Oh, most definitely. You know, it was different, different world back then. It was the old dial-up, wasn't it? The dial-up, the old noise. I, I miss that noise, do you? Oh, yeah. I miss, I miss those days of America Online that we had over here and then... um IRC. We, had, we had it here too. Remember oh, did you? Online, yeah, AOL was here. I remember when we first got the internet. I think my, we, my dad had a. We had a time. The make was called Time PC. It wasn't anything you could play a lot of the games on it because it was any. I can't even remember how old it was, but I do remember we had AOL online. And it was like fifty p fifty p or a pound an hour. It was, and that's how it was. He paid per hour then, and the. 
you had your phone line, but if you're on the internet, you couldn't actually get through, could you? Because if you rang in and someone was on the internet, it would just say, oh, they're, they make the noise, the dial tone, that they're engaged, they're on the phone, but it was actually the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that dial tone and all that stuff. And I remember the different modems that people would go crazy to get, you know, like uh, 56.6, the 33, all the X modems, all over the days stuff. Those were the days. Oh, definitely. Definitely. They were the days. So what, would you, what was your favorite game of all time? Going back, well, from now backwards, what would you say was your, your favorite one? I got to think for a second on this one because this is, this is really a tough question for me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a quite difficult one, but uh, Indy knows what I'm going to say and mayhem. Gears of War. For me, it'd be Gears of War. <laughs> I would say that my favorite my favorite game of all time that I probably put more hours into and, you know, burn my fingers with um, blisters on would have to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Never played that actually, especially not on the arcade machine. Oh, I loved it, man! I loved it. It was so much fun. God, the chat's I... going crazy. Napster, LimeWire, out of Vista. <laughs> They're making it making us all sound old, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Napster was interesting for its time, you know. The guy—I uh, forget the guy's name—but he was very uh, hey, conceited, hey. and he thought he was unstoppable. He's like, "Oh, I'm not worried about nothing." Did he, did he go to prison in the end? I don't think so. No, oh. I think he paid hefty fines, and he's still an investor in Silicon Valley today. Oh, okay. He was lucky though, because he could have gone prison. Yeah, and I think because he was so big at the time, that it was more of like an example of using it in the media rather than putting him in jail. Instead, they'd rather put the users of the service in jail and keep that guy so he had some money. Uh, I remember LimeWire. I remember AltaVista, man. AltaVista oh, yeah. <laughs> is where you used to go for some uh, underground things uh, back in the day. Oh, those were, those were different times, man. Those were different times. Oh, they definitely were. They definitely were. You know, sorry, what what were you what were you saying about Ninja Turtles on the arcade? Sorry to cut you off, but I seen them bring old stuff up. I love talking about old stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, TMNT the arcade game. I really liked it because it was four players. It had April O'Neil in on it. Um, it had it had all the major characters from the Turtles uh, world at the time. As a kid watching them, you know. In the cartoons or seeing the movie theater, all those characters were on there. So it was really exciting to be able to. You there, clowns? I think you've cut off. You there, clowns? I think he's cut off everyone. His mic's cut out. No, 
Lime Wire. Welcome, Michael Monkey Punch. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, viruses are big then because he used to load all the all the stuff in LimeWire with a lot of with the viruses then. Yeah, out of Vista was definitely I do I do remember it. Night Trap, yep, yeah, I remember playing that on Sega Mega C D and he's dropped out. Sega I remember I remember playing that on Sega C D. Uh sorry, Sega Mega C D in Britain. Welcome VJ. How you doing, mate? And uh yeah, I believe in America everyone called it C D. Uh, Sega CD, but Night Trap was quite quite a good game. I believe it released on Nintendo Switch about a couple a couple of years years ago. I'll just send clowns another invite. I don't know what's happened. Whether his his internet's gone down or just message him. He's going to come back. He's lost. All oh, right. How you doing? Not you're not sat hey. in the dark, are you? Uh, no. Well, we're having a Florida thunderstorm, so he oh. <laughs> shut the power off. Um, can you hear me okay on this mic? Yeah, yeah, on the no, I, can you, I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, sorry, Chad. I just can't see you. Um, so we left off with the Team NT arcade game. Yeah. And. It was just my favorite at the time because I had all the characters from the universe. It was exciting. And I I remember after my dad, uh, he would rotate the games out of his um, pizza places. So yeah. when he rotated the Turtles game out, he ended up getting the Simpsons. So I would go to uh, like uh, a different pizza place down the street just to play oh, the Turtles really? game. That had it. Yeah. Oh, you cheated on him. Went somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was okay with it, but yeah, yeah this, <laughs> I, I was like, get the turtles back, you know? Well, what was the pizza like? Was it not as good? Um, No, the other guy's pizza was not as good. He was, nah. he, he, I think the, see, my dad was from Italy and he grew up uh, in Brooklyn. So okay. he knew how to make like pizza, the, you know, like Brooklyn style. Um, got, this I, other I, guy, I don't he really, didn't make it, it the same way. I hear it's good. I do. Yeah, it's it's really good. If you ever go to New York City, the pizza is top notch. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I do want to go to America. America one day, probably. Always said one one day I want to take the kids to Disney. Do you call it Disneyland or Disney World in America, or have you got two? Because in got Paris, two. They, they call it Disneyland in 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 Paris, but oh, there's this Disneyland and World, then is there? Yeah, I think Disney World is Orlando, and I think Disneyland's in California. Uh, when the kids are older, we were talking about taking them, but it won't be for a few years yet. Got plus, we've got to save up for it. And I, I hope the world restores to, restores to normal someday. You know, but yeah, yeah that's definitely only, that's in the future. But yeah, no, that's a good little story about about the uh, Tur- Turtles Arcade. That's definitely definitely good story to share. That is. Um, I was about to say, what's my next question? If you were to, what's your favorite gaming genre? I would have to say that it is RPGs. 
Um, after playing Skyrim, I fell in love with RPGs, and it's been that ever since. Oh, that's good to, to hear. That is, what would you say your favorite, not game, franchise? You know, you, you, so it's slightly a bit different. I think the franchise that could be any new games or you're a big fan of or old um, game. Favorite franchise. This is really a tough one. Um, and this is a good one, actually, because yeah. this really ha- makes you choose between all the generations and all the retro and current, which was your favorite. <laughs> and that is the toughest question I've ever been faced with. I will have to really? say, okay. yeah, I will have to say that it's Mega Man. I loved the iterations of Mega Man on Nintendo. And I remember at the time when I went to Sweden, uh, we visited my cousin there. And I rented a Nintendo from the local game store. And I asked for Mega Man. And the guy didn't know what I was talking about. It was called Rockman over there. And I got a cartridge with Rockman. And I remember thinking that Rockman was a knockoff of Mega Man. But it was really just the... The difference between the regions is still Mega Man. Oh, that's very, that's very interesting. That is, I suppose it's like the Sega Genesis and Sega Mega Drive here. Now, I could be wrong, but I was told that the reason they didn't use Generational Gamer told me it, I might got this story wrong. It's either they couldn't use the Sega Mega Drive name in America because someone else owned it or vice versa. It was something to do with that, he said. Why they changed it. Yeah, it's very possible because you would figure it would be cheaper for them to have used the same name across marketing promotions, but there had to be something that stopped them from doing so. Oh, Most definitely. Most definitely on that front because you'd, you'd think a product would stay the same globally, wouldn't you? Same name, brand, you know, etc. It's like when Resident Evil first came out many years ago, it was called Resident Evil in like America and like the world. But if you went to, I think, Japan and countries like that where Sony actually have uh, PlayStation's from, I believe it was actually named, it wasn't named Resident Evil at all, it was called Biohazard instead. Huh, I never even knew that either. I could be wrong. I mean, someone might correct me in the chat, but I'm pretty sure the Japanese versions of the game were always called Biohazard. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So, if you were to give anyone any advice on how to get into content creation or even trying a podcast, how would, what kind of advice would you give them if they wanted to try it? I would tell them to go ahead and um, try to get on as a guest on one of the podcasts that they listen to. Uh, if the podcast was looking for guests, to give it a try. Um, if that didn't, you know, if they didn't have a podcast in mind or weren't close enough to the people involved uh, in the community, then I would suggest that they would try to start their own and then get their names out there. And it's all a learning process, I think. I think that you really can't do wrong 
in podcasting if you remain respectful and courteous um, to other people and you stay honest and true, you know, to yourself and the topics that you talk about, your real opinions. I, I would say to somebody, don't ever fake something just to become popular and don't ever say stuff just for clicks. I mean, it's different when you do that with friends for banter, but when you're doing a podcast, um, don't do that. You know, just try to be genuine you and have fun doing it and the people will listen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good advice, that is, because Boomstick's a good one to get in touch with. He's always interested in people that want to give it a go, he is. Yeah, Boomstick's a very nice guy, and that's how I met Dreadpool. Uh, I'll never forget that it was me and Boomstick doing a podcast, and I think somebody else or something wasn't available, and Dreadpool and Boom were talking about Dreadpool coming on, and uh, Boomstick gave him a chance, and... I saw him at Dreadpool, and I think, you know, it's amazing because Dreadpool has become a very excellent member of this um, podcast community. He's become oh, a really good guy to everyone, and Boomstick um, got him out there, and I'm so grateful for that um, to have met Dreadpool. I just think he's an awesome dude. Oh, most definitely. You know, I mean, there's a lot of – that's how a lot of them as, – as you say, the best advice is to, to reach out to a – podcast and see if he can come on and Dreadpool I, I honestly believe if there's anyone in, the, in this community that's been on every single show I reckon it is Dreadpool because I'm, I'm pretty sure he's been on, been on RDX I'm pretty sure he has I could be oh, wrong though. I'm not he's, sure he might have been it's very possible um, Dreadpool is very well respected amongst everybody yeah, most definitely. Because when it's, just, it's like when you you spoke to him about PC, you know what you're talking about, like with Dreadpool. But when, when people start talking about, it, I haven't got a clue what they're on about. All these fast bit parts and all this and that. Oh yeah, Simon Dealer came on my show with uh, this show. He bought. He started talking about some of the uh, ray tracing, and I didn't have a clue what he was on. I even said to him, "It sounds. It all sounds great. It will look really good." You know, <laughs> I'm just not technical minded when it comes to the tech side of it. Yep. You know, I'm not. Has anyone in the chat got any sensible questions for clowns? He's been on TXR. Yeah. Have you been on TXR clowns? Uh, yep, I was on TXR when in its early days when it was Doc Cupcake, um, Downer, oh, uh, Warrior cool. Wart. Yeah, uh, we ha they had brought me on for an interview with, uh, I think his name is David Jaffe, the guy who did uh, Twisted Metal and got oh, a war, okay. the original got a war. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know you'd been on the original one because... Um, Invader said that you can't find them stubs. Don't don't try and look. All the old ones have been deleted. Yeah, he says it's all gone. Been. He says it's there's no left. He said because I was because I wanted to go back and, and listen to them all, but he said no, they're all gone. He said they are, and I think a shame. Maybe I don't know. What was that? I was saying it. I was saying it. I was saying that's a shame because I could have gone back and. Looked at it. Oh, it must be for a certain reason, maybe. 
oh, I I don't know, you know, what what the reasons were, but um, it was the early days, and I think Invader's doing an excellent job oh, with yeah, TXR today. He's he's doing a great job. He's very good at getting guests on. He's had some very very impressive guests on there. Some developers, the guy that's worked on the Xbox Series X, and been making the the elite controllers. You know, he does a very good job at inviting guests on. Yep. He probably have Phil Spencer. He probably have Phil Spencer on next. Hopefully, <laughs> I'd like to see that. I think That'd that would be, awesome. be the perfect show for Phil Spencer to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. Or Larry Herb because he went on. Uh, he went on Boom Show, didn't he? He did. Uh, he did an interview with Boom. Yeah, he went on uh, Boom, done a podcast with Green Pass Game, and he was going through how you actually get like um, Larry Herb on, and his whole vetting process. They want to know who you really are and everything. He says that they vet you first. They go through all your social medias to find to find out who you really are, as in if you're the kind of a person they want to be associated with. They do. He said, "He said, they, and once you've been cleared, it's good. But you have to tell them exactly what you're going to ask them. You can't have questions that ain't in the script. You can't." Yeah, but I think that's because they're worried about you know things getting taken out of context or um, people trying to twist words around. We've seen that happen a lot. To you can't uh, blame them really, can you? You know, because. The only, the only, you only have to say one little, little thing confirmed. Larry Herb said this on Boom Show. You know what I mean? Yep. You know that's all it is. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a good, it's been a good show tonight. It has. They're not asking sensible questions though. Apparently, Daz doesn't know how to doesn't know how to ask one. Daz is probably interested in my next beans and toast video. Yes, yes, you, you have some. Yeah, there's a lot of things you haven't heard of, and you, it's like when you we called it Yazoo, but you called it. Say it. Wait, what is it? Yazoo. You call it Yahoo, don't you? Oh yeah, we we have Yoohoo. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's two different. Two different drinks. Yeah, it's two different drinks. Oh, I, just I try to you, get. I just thought I try, it was the same, the same one, but you you called it Yahoo instead. Yeah, we call it Yahoo. Uh, we ha- it's like a little. Um, it's just I, yeah, I think it's a complete different brand. Actually, I think I I try to reach out to Yazoo to get some of their chocolate milk to try it out. Uh, I was always interested in trying it and for them to sponsor us, but. They said that I'd have to find like a third-party market seller off Amazon that would ship to the U.S. Oh, and okay. uh, yeah, that that would that seems a little bit difficult. Okay, here's one for here's one for you. Well, I'll, I'll ask Invaders a question. He says, "Do you like pie?" Uh, are we talking about pizza? Or are we talking about cake? I don't know. So if you ask that question here to somebody, pie, they've asked you, do you mean like a meat pie or do you mean like apple pie? That kind of thing. Never had a meat pie. That sounds uh, like uh, another thing I'm going to have to try uh, for a Dazcast challenge. Definitely. 
Um, Indy wants to know, have you got any more fun childhood stories to tell? Uh, probably, probably. I don't know if, uh, this is the right format to tell them, but I think so. I do think so. It's an 18 rated channel, by the way. So you can, you can even swear if you want to. I know you don't, but. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Mr. Tushi. Welcome, Avish. So have you got any stories to tell or you're not going to share any with us? They could be gaming related. I don't mean, you know. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, something I could tell on, on this show. I think I, I think I told most of the game related ones on retro show. You probably, you probably could have done. You might have done. You barely swear. I got Daz on in two weeks. This would be called the the Stubbs cast, the Daz cast takeover. That's what it'd be called. Be a swearathon. It will be. <laughs> yeah, if Daz is coming on, yeah, I'm prepared two- for that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's two weeks' time. Daz is booked to come in. When Daz come on, so I have to click. I have to, I have to press the special setting for eighteen and plus. I don't normally press it. <laughs> Should be fun. But no, but yeah, but it's been a good good, good show tonight. Thanks for coming on, clowns. I really appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. And I'm sorry that the uh, power went out in Florida. We get a lot of uh, storms at this time of the year. And I was a little bit surprised, but glad that I was able to get my phone and the Bluetooth headset to continue. Um, And I'm sorry for that disturbance. You're fine. I mean, in one of the Stubbs casts, I mean, we've... um, Do you remember when I had terrible internet? And I, I don't, it wasn't, I had to cancel the Techno Fabulous podcast. But I did one the night before. And I'm, luckily, it was like a reaction show. And the people I was with kind of winged it for me because I kept disappearing. My internet kept going. You know, it happens, you know. But it's, I really appreciate you coming on. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, sure. Um, everybody can find me at Italian Clowns with the Z on almost all social media for GWQ podcast uh, on Twitter and uh, four guys recorders on Facebook and YouTube and Mondays nights at 5 PM Eastern. We do four guys recorders tomorrow. We're going to have midway monster on and uh, VJ viewpoint gaming, which I'm really excited about to get oh, to talk to wow. those guys. Nice. You got VJ on. Yep, and uh, Zebra Fries is returning again. Uh, she's on the panel, and Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and Friends as well. And then I started a new show with Flamish. Uh, most of you in the community know him already. Um, we started Daily Game Invites, and it's a it's an interesting mix. Uh, he's young and eager, and wants to get into podcasting. And uh, like you alluded to, Stubbs, I'm more of a veteran. 
So oh. it's it's really uh. unique to work with him because I can see, um, you know how how starting out is, and uh, I want to give him the right tools to succeed and and teach him the ropes. Well, that's that's really good to hear. That is because he he see he's a very very nice lad. I just think he needs a bit of teaching. You know, like. I'm not the best podcast. I'm not the most professional, but I think you could really help him. You could because you've been on that many podcasts and you know what to do. And over time, he will, he will, he will, he will get it. You know, because he's still young. He's in his twenties. Oh, I, I think so. I think yeah. so. I think uh, late twenties, and he has a lot of energy for it. So I yeah. think you know, one day, I think one day he's going to become very popular at it. Yeah, you never know. You know, it's interesting, it is. But yeah, still, I've still got to check that Daily Bite show out. I've been meaning to, but I will, I will, because it's interesting how you didn't do it on eat. You made a brand new channel for that. You didn't do it on Flemish's channel or your channel. You made a brand new channel for that specifically. Uh, well, um, there is a little hiccup there. He made three brand new channels for it, and then deleted two of them. Um, and we oh, lost one God. video in the process, but it was a learning experience, you know. Um, and there, the last episode you really should watch because Flamish did his impression of Super Mario Kart, where he went vroom 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 and uh, <laughs> pretended he was steering. So it's very interesting uh, to say the least. He's 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 very very talented, very talented. Almost definitely. Mass Mays him said it, it was, he's just like Stubbs was at the beginning. Yeah, I, I wasn't very good when I started podcasting at all, and I've, over time I've got better. I, I think I have anyway. You know, there's 13 people here, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, know, thanks for but, coming out, everybody. I, I yeah, appreciate definitely. you guys listening to me. Yeah, thanks for everyone coming. And next, not next week, in two weeks' time... UK Dazzle is coming on. So, probably call it the Daz Takeover Show or something. We will. But I'll have to click the 18 plus button, most definitely. I will for that show. But I'm sure it'll be very good. It will. He's been through a lot recently, and I'm glad to see he's on the mend. I am. Because we were all worried about it everywhere, Daz. But you seem to be on the mend now, which is really good to see in your videos you, you put on Twitter. So, thanks, everyone, and I'll see you all soon. Bye.